Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Toys, KMOX. What a beautiful Easter Sunday morning. Welcome to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. Happy Easter, Brian Kelly. How are you? Happy Easter to you, Tom. I am doing very well. Very good. I'm on my second cup of coffee. I started a little late. <laughs> I got uh, got up and after it this morning. We had uh, Easter baskets at the house. Easter Bunny stopped at the house, oh, hid eggs in the front yard. He's pretty smart. He didn't hide eggs in the backyard. He knows the dogs will go eat those. Mm-hmm. So uh, the eggs have been gathered. The baskets have been opened. And... And it is a gorgeous day in St. Louis. And uh, I could not get to sleep last night. I was so excited about everything that happened. It was just crazy. And now I'm talking about all the evening sports. One of them was a real bummer, and that's the Blues. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, The other one, I wasn't that concerned about the Cardinals necessarily. I mean, everything, that ballpark's nuts. And it's early in the year, and the ball is not going to come out of the hand like you want it all the time. And the Cardinals lost the game 9-6. We'll get to that in just a minute. Of course, there was a fracas that that was involved because I I was actually walking the dogs on a gorgeous day, and I looked down at my phone, and the alerts started to come in that there was a fight. I'm like, really? ooh, 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 yeah. ooh. So I, got, <laughs> I hustled home. I saw the video and uh, talked to KMOX. We had uh, a story out uh, online before the game ended so that everybody could take in what I know everyone likes a good fracas. So uh, that that's what happened yesterday, and it, we'll sort it out with Mike Schilt. His first show is coming up, so I don't want to steal his thunder. He's going to be with us here in just about eight minutes to give his take on what happened yesterday between the Cardinals and the Reds. But Nick Castellanos needs to not only calm down, but after you erupt and act like Hulk Hogan, how about uh, <laughs> confronting the Cardinals a little bit and not hiding behind the umpire, oh, okay? Yeah, that's All what right. really got me. All He's right. over there, what, 40 feet away, and the umpire's like, oh, look look what's going okay. on over there. Okay, yeah. so I mean, apparently some, some media member in Cincinnati called St. Louis soft or something. Why don't yeah, you look at your own player, all right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I wanna, Can I say something real quick yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah. My yeah. theory on that is I always think WWGD. What would Gibby do? Oh, my gosh. I, You know, and he said afterwards, you remember, you saw this where he said, you know, Molina could have punched me in the face and I still would have asked for an autographed jersey. My suggestion, Tom, is we get him an autograph of Rob Manfred right about here. <laughs> right about there. He could have a nice little autograph from the commissioner. Well, he has a you know? he, he has an autograph uh, of one right now, um, yeah. and that's what made him mad. But that ball wasn't intentional. For goodness, they're not gonna make Jake Woodford throw it. At, <laughs> he's a rookie. And by the way, good for Woodford. Like he popped up. Oh, you mm-hmm. want a piece of me? Okay, yeah. I don't like that very much. So I'm gonna get yeah. up and Yachty's like, I got this. Yeah. 
you know. And then Moustakis, I love Moose. You know, Moose is trying to hold him, trying to hug Yachty, and you know, Moose is cool. Like he, he'll, he's trying to defuse the situation. But everybody else, and Arenado's hot. I mean, Arenado yeah. wants to take on the entire team. Love that. Loved his mm-hmm. last event. All right, so we'll mm-hmm. get into all that with Mike Schill here in just a okay. few minutes. But the story of the day, even beyond that, was Gonzaga UCLA. <laughs> Brian, you've watched a lot of basketball in your life. So have I. I've watched a lot of basketball, my friend. 1985, I remember watching every second of Georgetown Villanova. I can recall, and Kentucky fans and, and Duke fans, uh, both uh, w- when mm-hmm. Leitner hit the shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and I there have been some great matchups through the years. Most recently, I would say the, the game that was the game for me was Illinois over Arizona in the oh, Elite Eight. Yeah. Incredible finish by Illinois, and there are so many. I mean, mm-hmm. I was at the Villanova game just a few years ago in Houston when they hit a buzzer beater to win the national championship. But what I saw yesterday is in that short list of greatest games ever played, 93-90, UCLA uh, loses to Gonzaga on a buzzer beater by Jalen Suggs from just inside half court, off the backboard and in. An amazing basketball game. UCLA has nothing to be ashamed of. No, that was as good a basketball game as there can be played. I mean, it was nip and tuck all the way. It was interesting, and I, I Sue and I were watching it. We have two TVs that I can watch from the couch, and we had the hockey game on tape on one and then the basketball game on the other. So we're, And I was hoping that Gonzaga would pull away early so we could watch the hockey game, and it never happened. So we're going back and forth. And I told her, I said, you know, let's see what Gonzaga does, how they handle this, because they, they have – double-digit wins every game almost, except for, I think, one, right, West Virginia. And how are they going to handle it? Not just the players, but even, I know Mark Few's been there a long time, but it's been a long time since he's coached in a game when you get down to the last five, ten minutes, and it's a close game. And how is that entire team going to handle the situation? And they handled it very well. UCLA just would not go away. And uh, that was terrific. And when he hit that shot and banked it in, it was like I told you earlier this morning, if I had neighbors close by, they would have been awakened because it was so amazing. I couldn't help but scream. You know, it was, it was just something else. Yeah, it was a great basketball game. Now, you know, I was rooting for UCLA, uh, not only because I like John Wooden, uh, but no, I was rooting for UCLA because I'll root for anybody, anybody against Gonzaga to derail them as good as they are. And I love them. And they're an awesome story. I'm an Indiana alum and I want the 1976 Hoosiers to be the team that everyone talks about as the last undefeated. I think Baylor can beat them. Mm-hmm. Baylor beat Houston, beat them good. 78-59, dominated them in the game. Gonzaga, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Baylor. Tight game expected tomorrow night at 820 on CBS between those two. And you're right. I mean, it was just there's nothing UCLA uh, can hang their head about except that a, a half-court shot went in off the backboard. I mean, they they played exactly how they should have. It was a tremendous game. And then a final thought on it is, I'm just glad that I saw it live. I'm I'm really, really mm-hmm. glad that I saw it live and that I had my entire family on the couch with me. It just happened to be that <laughs> I had Audrey, my 10-year-old, Erica, my 14-year-old, and my wife, Angie, and the dogs all in the same room watching this game. Like, what a cool memory that is. Yeah. You know, like, that's yeah. who I want to watch these games with, you know, and, and we had the entire crew watching this game that they'll be talking to their kids about. Yeah. You know, that our girls will will remember that they were there. when They'll see that shot for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. on every opening to every March Madness there is. So They'll remember that more than Miley Cyrus. 
Yes, <laughs> they will. <laughs> I thought I'd turn on the Super Bowl for a minute. They'll there, remember that anyway. more than uh, a 2-1 avalanche win just in oh. our final minute here. I, that was a crushing one. So I was locked in on Gonzaga, believe me. But yeah. when when there were commercials, I did flip over and watch a lot of the Blues. Mm-hmm. And I watched it when there was halftime. I was watching as much as I could. And you know, I thought the Blues played pretty well. I mean, they, they played a really good avalanche team. Just lost the game. And, Brian, I'm concerned about the Blues. They, they are... You know, playing that well and still losing has to be deflating. Colorado is just better than they are. I look at them, and I, um, I, I'm i not sure the Blues have the talent to match. Vegas has, has a better team. I am concerned. I am, too. And when you look at their schedule, I think it's two games they have against Minnesota. Or let's see, two games against teams that are below them in the standings, if mm-hmm. I remember right, because Phoenix, Arizona is right with them. And we've had trouble with them. And most of our, you know, they, and then you look at Arizona's schedule, they still have a lot of California games. And that's who the Blues dominated this year. I'm very concerned. I honestly, I hate to say this, I'd be surprised if the Blues make the playoffs. They have to turn things around. I agree. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they rebound at home tomorrow night because that game was a tough one to lose. Your best player, basically, Ryan O'Reilly. Gives the puck up in his own zone. It was interesting after the first period, they showed a stat that's no D zone turnovers for the Blues in the first period. And that changed in the second. And then they lose it on a defensive zone turnover with, what, 40 seconds left. And so it's going to be real interesting to see how the the room responds to that type of loss, extending the losing streak. And so tomorrow's a huge game when when Vegas comes to town. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, the Blues are 16 points behind Colorado right now. 16. Yeah. They're in fifth place in the West. Colorado has 54. The Blues have 38. And they're actually tied with San Jose, for goodness sakes. So we need Vegas and Colorado to win every game they play except for against us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to do some winning ourselves because the Blues yeah. are just not – they have a tough road. A yeah, tough road. absolutely. Uh, if you want some other, uh, besides the Cardinals today, when that game is completed, you want a good basketball game, turn on ESPN at 5 o'clock, the Women's National mm-hmm. Championship. Stanford against Arizona will be awesome. Uh, and then you have the Texas Open on NBC today. Jordan Spieth is tied for the lead shot of 67 yesterday. Nice little appetizer before the Masters starts. Outstanding. So golf, you got all kinds of stuff going on for your Easter Sunday. Have a great Easter, BK. You too, Tom. Appreciate it. James O'Sullivan's our producer. Mike Schultz is next, the Cardinals manager on KMOX. Time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager Mike Schiltz. Welcome to the Mike Schiltz Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. And welcome back to KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. What a beautiful day here in St. Louis. Happy Easter to everyone. And what an opportunity we have on KMOX as the only radio station that I know of that has a Major League Baseball manager right before a game. And Mike Schilt gives us that opportunity each and every Sunday, and we started off here on April 4th. Mike, thank you for that, and good morning and happy Easter. Happy Easter, Tom. Many blessings to you and yours. Yeah, same to you. I know that uh, down in Florida, spring training, we are, of course, in a pandemic, but you had a chance to connect with your family a little bit and, and get everybody back together as uh, we get ready for this season. Yeah, family came down a little bit. You know, we under some pretty strict protocols, and they followed them, and not as much time as like with them. But 
Um, it was a good visit nonetheless, and, and we had a very productive uh, spring training on the field. Well, all the best to you, Michelle, and the girls, and I know that uh, the Cardinals are off and running here. It's a uh, one-and-one season so far, and we'll get into yesterday. There's a lot to unpack there. It was a, a game with all kinds of layers, but just overall, I'll tell you, Mike, uh, you know, you started this show last year during the pandemic because you said you just wanted to connect with Cardinals fans, and it's been a long time coming. I have to admit that when I saw your bus pull away, I wasn't there. I was here in St. Louis. But when I saw the video of your bus pull away from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, I had a mixture of excitement, uh, eyes kind of welling up a little bit, like this is really happening. You know, the Cardinals have made it through. It's been a while since we saw you start the season on time, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. We um, we were excited. We are excited. I mean, you know, getting the season underway, full season, um, National League rules, and, um, you know, looking forward to a wonderful, magical, um, memorable championship season. And I want to go through uh, what happened yesterday, but first, how about we start from the beginning? So arriving in Cincinnati, what was that like with your group? Obviously, the weather uh, <laughs> dropped many degrees, but you're all back together. You went into a hotel and... Here we go. Yeah, I got here and, um, you know, we had, we got here, you know, sometime in the um, early evening and um, the next day, the staff only went in on Tuesday, player day off. And Wednesday had a um, brief workout, some guys threw some touch and field and um, guys took some batting practice, got used to the stadium, took ground balls, had a nice, comfortable workout. And then uh, opened up on, on Thursday and, Frigid temperatures, but uh, didn't didn't affect us one iota. We didn't give into it and, and played a really well played ball game. There is no doubt about it. Second batter of the game, Goldie. The next one for Paul Goldschmidt, who bats number two in Mike Schultz lineup. A swing and a fly ball. That's it. Well, deep right field, and it might go. It is off the top of the wall. Goldschmidt moves into second base, and he's in there with a double. He is. Now, they sent him home, but they had to go back and look at it, and it looked like it just uh, the replay showed that it did not clear everything. And so it's a double for Paul Goldschmidt. Here comes Arenado. From the set, Castillo. Now the pitch. A swing and a ground ball up the middle. A diving play by their second baseman, India. And he just runs the ball to the infield. It's a hit for Arenado in his first at bat as a Cardinal. How nice is that? Goldschmidt and Arenado, Mike, get used to that. Two and three in the order and a terrific start for your club. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys are big anchors for us. And, um, you know, we like, we got them right where we like them at the top. And, and uh, they've really uh, off to a great start. Not surprised. Good players. And um, we're excited to have them. Next batter, Paul DeYoung. Luis Castillo from the stretch. The pitch. Jammed him, and there's a ground ball base hit to right field. A wide open area on the right side. Goldschmidt scores, and it's an RBI single for DeYoung as the ball gets away over toward third base. And the Cardinals have runners at first and third as Arenado just kept on turning around second and made third on the RBI single by DeYoung. Cardinals lead 1-0. Yadier Molina. The pitch to Molina. Swing and a ground ball to the shortstop, and the ball gets away from Suarez into left field. Arenado scores. The throw goes into second base. DeYoung crosses the plate, and the Cardinals lead three to nothing. You can put the bat on the ball, and things happen, don't they? Two on Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson is the seventh Cardinal batter to open up the season in the first inning, and the Redbirds have three runs up on the board. The pitch is swung on, and there's a high fly ball. That's hit deep right field, and it's a goner for Carlson. 
Dylan Carlson with a three-run homer, 6-0 Cardinals in the first inning. <laughs> so that's probably the first time you've been able to hear our man John Rooney make the call, and uh, that's fun, isn't it? Six runs on the board. What was that dugout like? Uh, yeah, it's fun to hear um, John's voice and uh, excited about Shannon's 50th year. Um, it was last year, pretty memorable career. I'm sure we'll talk about that as the season goes. But yes, sir. Yeah, dugout was fired up. I mean, you get off to a six spot in the top of the first, your home opener. You're already excited as it is, so um, you know, yeah, guys were guys were rightfully um, in a good spot, excited. What a neat thing for Dylan Carlson, you know, to be able to to hit that and do that in the first inning, and uh, he has uh, continued to develop into the player that we all uh, and that you all thought he could be. He has uh, still a ways to go, but what a spring he had, and uh, what a swing that was, boy. That was, and, and that's a good pitcher he's facing too, isn't it, Mike Luis Castillo? Yeah, I mean, you know, Castillo is a guy that has one of the better arms and has, has um, always had one of the better arms in the league coming up, but now has learned how to pitch and put his put his um, you know honed his craft. So he's he's a tough guy on the mound, and we had a really good approach, a really good plan, and we were able to execute it and found some holes. And you know, Dylan makes a good good swing for a big three run homer. Dylan was playing in the outfield, but the right fielder in the first inning is Justin Williams. Take a listen. Here's a swing and a fly ball hit to deep right field. Williams back on the track. He leaps and makes the catch. Runs into the wall. Tagging at second, moving to third. Winker, he rounds third and will hold on there. That was some play by Williams. Just get the ball up into the air and watch it go to right field today. Mike, I thought an underrated part of that opening day was that Justin Williams looked like he belonged. And even though he did not register a hit at the plate, he hit the ball hard and he made a great play right there, didn't he? Great play, big play. You know, we go out and um, we score the six and, you know, Winker comes out and uh, it's a double. And, and um, so, you know, they punch right back and, Castellanos hits a ball, you know, well to the outfield, and Williams goes back, makes a really nice play for an out. That, you know, that ball gets away. It's it's six to one off the bat with another runner at second at least, and um, but you know they're only able to tag and, and make it that out and hit them to a run that first inning. So uh, it was a big play. Arenado drove in a run in the second to make it 7-1 Cardinals. Jack Flaherty registered strikeouts two, three, and four in the second and third innings. But then the Reds start to get some knocks on them. Castellanos hits a home run. Uh, the Cardinals go up 8-3 and then 9-3 in the fourth inning. Uh, but uh, and, and then I should mention 11-3 on this. Next delivery to O'Neill is hit hard to left field on the line. Back and deep, and it's a big fly. A line drive, home run, a two-run shot for Tyler O'Neill. Absolute cannon recording with the call in KMOX as O'Neill connects for a home run. So you're up 11-3. to Red score a run in the fourth and two in the fifth, Mike. They end up getting all six of their runs off Jack Flaherty in four and a third. Just overall, uh, when you look back at Jack's start, how would you evaluate that? Um, showed, pitched really well at times. Um, no excuses for anybody. Um, mentioned the conditions. You know, the ball was super slick, so it's hard to get a feel for some of the secondary pitches. So you saw some pitches that were – you saw a lot of big misses, whether it was Jack or whomever um, on the mound that day. Um, you know, battled as always Jack will do. Um, you know, it's a pretty good lineup, so I was able to navigate them for the most part and then, you know, just maybe hit a little bit of a wall and getting in that fifth and, and um, you know, Great job by Tyler Webb to come in, bases loaded, um, 
and one out, get a sack fly from Votto, and, and then get the pop-up from Aquino. So, um, you know, I thought Jack overall was at times really sharp and um, competed really well. And like I said, probably hit a little bit of a wall in that fifth. And uh, as you mentioned, Tyler finishes the fifth. Uh, Helsley, Cabrera, Gallegos, and Reyes all with a scoreless inning. Gallegos gets the win. Reyes finishes. How did Alex look in his ninth inning assignment? Um, good. You know, good Good uh, life on the fastball, a little bit too much. Um, had the breaking ball going uh, behind counts, but got made pitches when he had to. Um, stuff looked great. And, um, you know, got it done for the first time First time out. Absolutely. Cardinals win that game. Final score was 11-6, to and they're off and running. And then a day off. Look, I mean, the schedule is what it is, but it's it can't be easy for your guys waiting around to play another ball game. But it is what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty typical, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. We go back to Bush. You're going to have a day off in case of inclement weather after your opening day game. And, but, yeah, guys chopping the bit. They want to play. You know, they like to play. And like show up the ballpark and, and competing. So um, we take the day off and we, we show up when they tell us. Showed off a little defense in the first inning on Saturday. Left-handed batting Jesse Winker, the pitch to him. And there's a curveball that's hit toward right center on the run. Williams makes the catch. Good jump by Justin Williams, retiring Jesse Winker. He gets the jump and then Carlson. Here's a swing and a drive, left center field. On the run, a leaping catch by Carlson. Votto is denied extra bases by the Cardinals center fielder, and that ball was hit hard. Yes, it was. A little music there coming out of the inning. I love it. Uh, The Cardinals get some good defense early on, Mike, and let's discuss your outfield defense. Uh, In addition to that, you have a gold glover in left field, so you have to feel pretty good about your situation. And even with uh, arguably your best defensive outfielder, Harrison Bader, uh, sitting out for a little while, those guys are holding their own. Yeah, they are. We work a lot on our defense. You know, you can work on a lot. We it's our jobs, and we take it serious. But most important, the players take it serious, and they're you know they got the skill levels to match it. But um, you know, they're very intentional about the details of the defense and and doing all the little things. Of course, they make the plays that you've we've talked about, and those are big plays as well. And they do the nuanced things, the back of the bases, and um, you know, they're positioning prior to the play, you know, a lot, of, a lot of plays are made prior to the pitch taking place based on being the right spot to begin with. So a lot of things go into it. You know, of course, William McGee, our outfield coach, does a great job, but um, he would, of course, deflect to the, to the players, rightfully so, that it's their talent and their hard work and energy effort and skill. So, um, you know, we take our defense serious. It's part of how we win baseball games, and, you know, it helped us uh, the last couple of days for sure. Paul DeYoung in the second inning. There's a swing and a high fly ball. That's it. Deep left field. It has a chance. It's a goner. A home run for Paul DeYoung to lead off the second inning as he met a 3-2 pitch and gave it a ride. He mashed it, and he hit another one in the game, Mike. Paul DeYoung showing some power early, and obviously that's why you have him in the middle of the order. And and you know what? Uh, Nobody is going to make excuses in this game, but I'm going to throw away last year's Paul DeYoung. I mean, that's a a player that dealt with COVID. It's a a short year. I'm not sure he ever fully recovered from that, Mike. You would know more than I would. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, look, no excuses here. Paul, he had a great spring training. Um you know, we still contributed last year in a lot of areas, especially, you know, defensively, but offensively he's a threat and um, was in a good place at times. And, you know, it's also, don't forget, beyond the fact of, of having it and, you know, the, the effects of it, um, 
but also playing, you know, the well-documented doubleheaders, and he didn't take any quarter. He didn't take any time off. So, um, you know, he's a gamer and shows up to play and compete, and he's got a lot of ability. And the Cardinals get a home run from DeYoung and another one later, but that first one made it one to nothing. Reds started to score in the third inning. They came alive. They can do this. They score six runs in the bottom of the third, and those six runs are charged to Adam Wainwright, who ends up not making it through the third, and the Reds built a 6-1 to one lead on your club. Now, not all of those were bombs and hits to the wall, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, Waino, after the game, thought that some of his stuff was pretty good, but he's you know, not going to feel great about a result like that. Just how would you look at that start? Um, I concur. Stuff was good. Breezed through the first two innings and, you know, really I made, a, made a mistake to Barnhart probably over the plate that he put in the seats. Um, and that's going to happen. And um, then it just turned into, you know, kind of, you know, hit them where they ain't. You know, some ground balls found holes and kept finding holes and just couldn't um, – somehow get one to go at anybody so um that had a longer inning and from that regard um you know frustrating but it'd be worse if his stuff wasn't good his stuff was fine you know one of the one of those things that just um while we play the game right you put in play things happen and they did and things happen positively for him and um but we don't um have any issue with how adam pitched once one iota and had to go get him just because of the long inning and Brought Woody in to get a punch out to end the third. And, um, but, you know, Wayne will be fine. be ready for a home opener. Jake Wood- excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what a day that's going to be. Absolutely. Uh, Jake Woodford uh, comes in and relieves him, as you said. And then uh, let's talk about this. So, yeah, I know you've talked at length about it already, and you've seen the TV replays. Let me just play a little bit of the radio for you to set this up. Fourth inning. So here's what happens. Nick Castellanos uh, is hit by a pitch. Looked like a ball that just got away from Jake Woodford. Joey Votto singles, Castellanos goes to third, Eugenio Suarez walks, and uh, then a wild pitch, and here's what happened. Cardinals need a big out here. Curveball gets high and off the glove of Molina. There's going to be a play at the plate, and he is safe at the plate. And Castellanos screams at Woodford, and now Molina goes after Castellanos, and he is not happy about that. The bench is empty as Castellanos scored and then looked right in the face of Woodford and yelled at him. And both benches emptied, and Molina was the one standing up for his pitcher, Woodford. Woodford was going to let it go, but Yachty wasn't. That is a great call by the former pitcher, Rick Horton. He described it perfectly. Woodford wasn't going to take any of that, but Yachty was already there, wasn't he, Mike? <laughs> Nick Castellanos. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, we say it. We don't start it. We're not going to take it. Um, unnecessary, really. No place for it. Um, nonetheless, happened. And, you know, Woody got off the deck, too, and was ready to rightfully defend himself and of course Yachty's not gonna not gonna take anything um whether it's directly or to a teammate so you know here we go and guys went after each other a little bit and you know we had some guys that um rightfully took exception to it I thought that Adam Wainwright did a nice job and so did you uh of diffusing it after the game and Waino basically said you know Castellanos probably didn't mean to to get all heated and in his face like that. But, uh, you know, things happen in this game, right? I mean, you compete at a very high level and, and emotions can flare up. It does happen. I, I think that the consensus on the Cardinals side and, and the message has been sent by all of you is that's not an intentional pitch by Woodford. Why would it be? What would be the reason for that? Zero intent to it. Um, you know, listen, track record speaks for itself. Shouldn't have to rely on it. Um, there's just no, 
I mean, nobody's radar was up for for anything. Um, you know, we played the game clean. Is there time and place for that to happen? Very, very, very rarely was that even close to it. No. Uh, been managing a long time and, and um, never had teams that have uh, – we just play clean, play hard. Um, you know, we, we compete the right way and, and not the perfect way. We You know, we have our moments and we're human too and things do happen. But, um, you know, as far as throwing at people and, you know, our job is if, we, if we're having a hard time getting you out, we got to figure out a way to get you out. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the way we want to compete. Um, by throwing at people, it's just not a – it's not how we play and, and, you know, been managed, like I said, a long time and record speaks for itself. And, you know, no one could ever say anybody, our team's thrown at anybody intentionally or done anything that's not been um, in that regard to the player's safety. So, you know, I take exception with that. I understand, you know, no one likes to get hit with the ball and the ribs at 92 and there was a lot of emotion in the game and it got away from them. And the Cardinals uh, ended up losing this game nine to six, but I, I don't want to avoid this last at bat, because I was still watching this game in the ninth inning and watched Nolan Arenado. How can you not watch every at bat that he ever takes? I thought it was a heck of an at bat. So Goldie singles, and then Arenado, if you recall, of course you do, Mike, but I'm telling our listeners, if you recall, kind of had a question to the umpire for a moment there, it looked like, uh, about a, a certain call, and there was just some some discussion going on. It just it showed that he was still very much locked in, taking his at-bat very seriously in a 9-4 ball game. And then this happened. 3-2 and two on Nolan Arenado. Sal Romano with the sign and from the belt. Goldschmidt takes a lead at first base. He takes off. The pitch is swung on, and that is driven to left field, and it's going to leave the park. That's a home run. The first Cardinal home run for Nolan Arenado. I mean, that is just something. I mean, he just hammered that thing, and that is some player right there. He is not giving away anything anytime. Yeah, that's a definition of um, our characteristic and a great one of, of a tremendous player. But you have tremendous players and you have tremendous competitors um, that are also end up being great players, and those are the guys like Nolan who doesn't give any anything away at all costs, you know, and doesn't, doesn't take it off. And, and – um, you know, it's an amazing, amazingly positive trait that he has and candidly fits right into a team that has the same trait. So nobody's going to give anything away. Nobody's going to um, take anything off. We're going to give our best regardless of circumstance and, um, you know, fighting tooth and nail all the way to the end. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get your thoughts on today's game. Mike Schilt is with us, the Cardinals manager. Cards take on the Reds at 12-10 with Carlos Martinez on the mound. And we'll also get your thoughts on the home opener coming up this Thursday at Bush Stadium. What a special time that is. Back in a moment, the Mike Schilt Show on Sports on a Sunday Morning. I'm Tom Ackerman on KMOX. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back on this Easter Sunday. Glad you're with us on KMOX. Hope you and your family are well. And the Cardinals family is in Cincinnati, and that's where we find Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. Mike, we've appreciated all of it on the show, and I just want to wrap by talking about a couple of things. One, today's game. You have a game today against the Reds. It's a 12-10 start. Carlos Martinez makes the start. And while uh, he had, I thought, needed a little time to kind of get it going in, in the Grapefruit League, from what I saw, he was really good in his last couple of appearances, Mike. Super sharp towards the end. Um, better spring training went. 
stuff looked really good. Um, a lot of good sync. Changeup was filthy. Um, he had a great uh, in the spring training. Is ready to go today. I can tell you that. Absolutely. Your bullpen uh, has been very strong if needed. Uh, yesterday, they were able to go, as you mentioned, Jake Woodford was able to get in there and throw two and a third. But uh, your uh, prized uh, fireballer there, Jordan Hicks, came in and looked pretty strong. Nice little welcome back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great to have Jordan back. Uh, he was uh, sorely missed over the almost two years, but really good to have Jordan back. And, and uh, stuff looked great. Had a 1-2-3-13 pitch inning and you know, we had to monitor his workload a little bit early on in um, the season, but, you know, it was great to have him back, and stuff looked great. And uh, as for your uh, club today, I have not seen your lineup thus far, but so far you've been pretty consistent with what you've put out there and have to feel pretty good about your order scoring uh, 17 runs in two games. Yeah, we like our offense. We've said it from the beginning, and, um, yeah, the guys are taking just quality bats. We faced two good arms in Castillo and Maley to start, and, had good approaches and getting the ball in the zone and taking aggressive swings and hitting the ball hard and doing damage. And, you know, it's a good offense, got some length to it. So we just got to keep moving forward and get after uh, Hoffman today. Uh, Martinez against Hoffman, a 12-10 start right here on KMOX. Uh, give us an update, if you would, on uh, Kwang Young Kim and, and for that matter, Miles Michaelis. I mean, John Mozeliak told us best case we're looking at late April, uh, early May, but uh, anything uh, new that we know about the two uh, as your rotation starts to turn past these three, Flaherty, Wainwright, and Martinez? Yeah, so Ponce and Gann will get the first two starts in Miami, then we'll pick back up with Jack, but KK is in a good spot. He had a little blip in the radar with his back getting tight and cost him three or four days, which set him back on a throwing program, which set him back to start the season. But he's picked right back up through um, four innings, punched out nine. So, you know, you got um, pretty much a lot of your outs through the punch out um, in a simulated game on uh, in the complex. So he's throwing another one. I got a side today, another live on the sixth. And he keeps moving forward. He'll be getting closer to being back in rotation. Miles, as you mentioned with Mo, um, likely will, you know, I don't want to put a timetable on Miles. It's unfair to him and us. So, you know, it's going to be at least through April, and we'll just evaluate it from there. Sure. I mean, and I think people understand that, the, the situation that you're in. You just want to make sure that when he's back, he's back and ready to go. That's the important thing. In 2021, boy, it's it's just different, isn't it, Mike? Before we talk about the home opener here, you've got – 162 games compared to 60. For for everybody, that is a challenge ahead. I guess the biggest thing for your club is to be as flexible as possible, and it seems like uh, you have that available to you uh, right now, don't you? Yeah, you know, we have some depth, and we like the depth we have. Um, You know, everybody has depth, but there's quality of depth that that we feel comfortable with. We don't want to go too deep into it, um, that's for sure, but it is there, and we've already had to – draw from it a little bit and so um you know we uh it is a longer season and we do recognize and been well talked about in a lot of circles um you know the the management of what that looks like um based on playing a shorter season last year and then expanding back to a long season again and and um you know so i got a good handle on it and guys are taking care of themselves just about communication internally and and, and daily and making sure we're, we're um trying to stay ahead of things that potentially could be issues and do the best we can with it. You will be heading to Miami after this, taking on the Marlins for three. And then in our final minute, Mike, just uh, your thoughts on the home opener. I know you still have some games to play, but 
My gosh, to be back in your office, Bush Stadium, the green grass, and actually to have some fans out there and a pregame ceremony will make us all smile, won't it? It will. I think that's the thing that I appreciate the most about the home opener is the fans. I mean, it's a majestic day for the city of St. Louis, and, you know, it's a special day for us, and it's one that um, I enjoy quite a bit. And, you know, it's just an amazing blessing to be a part of it. An amazing city, amazing fans. Um, you know, it's nice to the other day get back out here and play in this home opener and get to hear the fans, the roar of the crowd, the, the different things that come with it, the smells of the ballpark and the food. And um, that'll be um, magnified when we get home to, to the the best place to play baseball, and that's Bush Stadium in front of our fans, the best fans in baseball. Absolutely. Mike, can't tell you how much it means to us that you do this on Sundays. We appreciate it very much. Good luck in the game today. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you. Have a blessed Sunday. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager. Great to have him with us when we come back. Our memorable play of the week, sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. And then Joe Potts will have our Ameren Total Access pregame show at 11.15, leading up to the 12.10 first pitch. Our memorable play of the week is next on the Mike Schilt Show on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I'm not sure how much of this they'll be able to get in in the pregame show, so I'm going to play this now as our memorable play of the week, sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. Tom Ackerman, this is my choice for the memorable play of the week. It is this in the fourth inning, a terrific call here by Ricky Horton and John Rooney. Cardinals need a big out here. Curveball gets high and off the glove of Molina. There's going to be a play at the plate, and he is safe at the plate. And Castellanos screams at Woodford. And now Molina goes after Castellanos. And he is not happy about that. And the bench is empty as Castellanos scored and then looked right in the face of Woodford and yelled at him. And both benches emptied. And Molina was the one standing up for his pitcher, Woodford. Woodford was going to let it go, but Yachty wasn't. And I don't blame Yachty. And Castellanos had his say at the plate. And there's a lot of pushing and shoving going on behind home plate. And I don't think this actually fits with protocol either. They've separated Castellanos, who was the instigator of all of this, and Jake Woodford. And there's a pile of people just behind home plate on the Cardinals' side. And Moustakas had his arms around Molina trying to get Yachty away from everybody. And the hottest guy in the field is clearly Yadier Molina. And they're trying to get Castellanos. Castellanos had to get up. He had to say something. And Moustak is having a conversation with Yadier Molina now trying to do perhaps a little little peacemaking. Peacemaking. And he's doing that as a veteran would. One veteran to another. Castellanos, I'm sorry, that that what he did at home plate was not great sportsmanship. As luck would have it, there was a diving play at the plate, and Woodford landed on the back of Castellanos, and he went right in his face. And Woodford actually stood up, and Moustakas was the first one to get in front of Yadier Molina. David Bell was trying to keep everybody away as well. Flaherty was out. Well, Arnado wasn't happy about it at all and pointing 
to Castellanos. So the pitch was a high pitch. It bounced off the glove of Molina, and there was a play at the plate, and that's where Castellanos came up and just screamed right at Woodford oh, at he the taunted plate. Him. He was taunting him, and Woodford not happy about it either. Woodford wasn't going to initiate anything, but he was not backing down either. And Castellanos started it and then got out of the way and let his team do the fighting for him. That's a little weak, in my opinion. If you're going to start something, be involved in it. Don't call for the cavalry and get out of Dodge. So they're still talking about it. Both bullpens are still out on the field. Now there's conversations out in right center. And both benches empty again. Now everybody's meeting out in right center. And Jordan Hicks is the one that's yelling. He's screaming at Amir Garrett. And he's going after somebody. Jordan Hicks is not happy at all with whatever's happening out in right center field. And they have to restrain the Cardinal reliever, Hicks. And Wainwright, I'm sorry, Molina and Castellanos are having a conversation at home plate. And I think Yachty is trying to tell Castellanos what he thinks about it. And yeah, it, it's exactly right. And uh, Castellanos has respect for Yadier Molina. I know that. Things do get hot. It did happen. It's over. Or is it? We'll see. I mean, they're going to face each other a lot, including today. Cardinals and Reds uh, don't like each other. Uh, the fans. Uh, but, you know, that they, they are back to, I'm sure, just playing ball against each other. They didn't like each other in that very moment. But it happens. It happens. Now it's going to be sorted out. We'll hear some reaction coming up in our pregame show next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.